Good morning, this is Preacher Ethan West. Welcome to our podcast today. But first, I want to say that we do have an Instagram, and if you go to it, it's Independent Baptist KJV 1611. Um, you might find it easier, but just putting in Baptist KJV 1611, but it is Independent Baptist KJV 1611. And our Facebook social media is Fundamental Independent Baptist. And, uh, we're trying to reach 5,000 followers, but if you are listening and you do have Instagram, go to Independent Baptist, KJV1611, and let us know what you think of the podcast. But um, certainly we haven't been very consistent with making podcasts. I think it's almost been two months since we made the last one, but I do want to apologize for that. We're trying to get more consistent with it because I really think God can use it in a great and mighty way if I do stay consistent with it. So... Let's just jump into it today. Uh, I'm going to be talking or teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it. Probably more preaching than anything, but the ingredients for revival. Um, turn your Bibles to, well, if you don't have your Bible on you, I'll read the scripture for you. But it's Psalms 32, 33 verse 12. That is Psalms 33 verse 12. And it reads, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he had chosen for his inherit for his own inheritance. So I'm going to read that one more time. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he had chosen for his own inheritance. And uh, this podcast might be a two-part. I have a lot of uh, different stuff and a lot of material for it, but that reads that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You know, I'm going to be talking about the ingredients for revival, but almost every point I'm going to make, I'm going to talk about great revivals that are broken out in America or overseas. But our nation was founded upon a godly heritage. Our nation was founded upon God. You know, the preachers that started the revivals in this country, they weren't just regular men. They were men of God. It was men that God chose to lead the revival. You know, for a revival to break out, we've, we know that first God has to be in it. God has to allow it to happen. Um, God has to use somebody to, to lead the revival. But first, we need people that can be usable. And one of the first things for revival to break out is we got to be separated we we got to turn ourselves from our sins, whether it's great or small. You know, people say that I create, uh, I can, um, I commit small sins. No matter if it's small or big, it is still sin, and we need to turn away from it. We need to. We have spring cleaning every year. We need to have a spring cleaning in ourselves. We need to get rid of things that are useless. We need to get rid of things that don't matter. Things that are hindering us from having revival. But like I said, our nation was founded upon a godly foundation, a godly heritage. Um, we have an inheritance from these great men God used. And we can still have revival. I was talking to someone in California, and they said that we are bound for revival. And I really think that this whole corona, Chinese virus, whatever you want to call it, it is a great opportunity because people are more apt to listen. They're scared right now. They are afraid. And if we can get some soul winners that are going out soul winning, and just keep going. Don't let anything stop you from going out soul winning. 
Our, we have a First Amendment for a reason, a freedom of speech, to assemble in our churches. And listen, we were hurt. Churches around us and the young generation had to pay for the price that these preachers did by shutting down the church. We are paying the price for what they're going to be doing for many years on. We should have never closed down the church. We had the First Amendment, but preachers declared themselves non-essential. Before the state ever did, and they never really did, they declared the preachers, the pastors of the church declared themselves non-essential. So how can we have a revival if the churches are closed? You know, churches and Christians are in light in a dark world. So when we declared the church non-essential, we took the light out of our communities. We took the light out of the world, declaring ourselves non-essential. Now, my church did not declare itself non-essential. We had the First Amendment. We had our certificate to show the governors that we have a right to assemble. But we kept our light open, and we need to get our churches back open. We need to open back up so our communities have a, a, a light to look to in a very dark world. We need to have a revival. Every great, uh, Dion Moody said that in every great movement that God has ever brought started with a kneeling figure. And that is so true. We need, to, we need to be a praying people. For us to be a powerful nation, we need to be a prayerful nation. Um, Billy Sunday said, they tell me a revival is only temporary. But so is a bath, but it does you good. We need to have a revival daily. We need to wake up and, and pray to God and yield ourselves to God. Uh, Brother Hiles said four times a day he would yield himself to God. He would set up little notes in his, either his bathroom or at his office, in his car, or in his wallet. Wherever he was, he would have something to remind him to pray and yield himself to God daily. But of these great men that started these revivals, they were separated men. There were men who chose to walk with God. There were men who crucified the flesh daily. There were men who walked with God. There were men who said, God, we don't care what the world's going to think about us. We don't care what might happen to us. We don't care that we might become poor because we're going to be rich and blessings. They said, we're going to do the will of God. We're going to do what you want us to do. They put together the ingredients for revival. We need to learn to get back to our foundation. We need to learn to get back to where we used to be. We need to get back to what our nation was founded upon. Listen, most of our governors, they're their homosexuals or they're atheists or they're agnostic. We still have some good governors, but most of them are homosexuals and atheists. We need to learn that our foundation of this country was not founded upon that. We were a godly nation. On our currency, we still have in God we trust. And we still have churches and Christians that still believe that. Even if our governors don't, we still have churches that believe that. You know, there's, supposed to, there's dress standards. In Deuteronomy 22.5, it says the woman should not wear that which pertains to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do, look at these next words, for all that do, so are an abomination unto God. And God also says that mankind should not live mankind. It is an abomination. So if a woman is put on a man's uh, apparel, 
It's cross-dressing. If a man puts on a dress, he's a cross-dresser. But it's an abomination. So dress standards and homosexuality both fall, fall under an abomination, a great hatred. We were not founded upon that. We were founded upon a godly foundation, a godly heritage. But somewhere in these in these 300 years, we have gone away from that. We have lost our way somewhere. We wandered into the dark. And we got used to the dark. But it's time for us to have a revival fire. A fire. A fire that brings light. That brings hope. That brings warmth. We need to have a revival. And I, I believe if we pray and we ask God and beg God and, and cry out to God that we just might have a revival. So the first ingredient for revival is prayer. Look at your Bibles at Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. The Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Let me read that one more time. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Every great revival, like I said, has, 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 has taken place starting with a praying figure whether it's a pastor whether it's two whether it's old man or young man or it's a older woman or a younger woman but it starts off with someone praying begging God crying out to God for revival and that's what we need today we need some people we need someone that is willing to to give up their sinful nature and yield themselves to God and become a separated person so we can have revival. Revival does not take an army of people. Listen, it does not take an army of people. It takes one soldier, one soldier that is willing to get on fire for God, forget everything else, crucify the flesh, crucify the old man, put on the new man, and get on fire for God. It takes one person to have a revival. One person, whether it's an older person or whether it's a younger person, it just takes one person. But God uses the youth to have revival. So we have a lot of older preachers in this generation. And if there's any younger preachers or any young laymen in a church, listen, that we do have, you have an older pastor. You can help your pastor have a revival. You can help out. By helping out, you can start a revival. God uses the young men to help the older men. Learn to help your pastor. Pray. If there's no one else, if he does not have a prayer warrior in his church, become that prayer warrior. If he does not have a soul winner, become that soul winner. If he has someone that's willing to get on fire for God, pray and ask God to be that person. But it takes one person to create a wildfire. It takes one person to have a spiritual wildfire. Not two, not three, not four. One person who's one to give up everything. Who is willing? We need some willing people in my generation and our generation. We need some willing people. Are you willing today? Are we willing? Let's take a look back at the year 1731 and a young man named Jonathan Edwards. 
Jonathan Edwards was a great man. He was a great young preacher. But he was a prayerful man. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed for revival. In the year 1731, he preached, some would say, the greatest sermon ever preached. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. A fun fact is he was not supposed to preach that night. There was supposed to be another preacher preaching. But God had it worked out that, that this other man wouldn't preach. It would be Jonathan Edwards preaching that night. And God led and put, the, and put his presence on that church and put his presence on that sermon. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. The revival would not break out till three years later in 1734, but God planted the seed in 1731 when he preached that sermon. Listen, it takes God, it takes the presence of God to start a revival. But I want to remind you something that he was not supposed to preach that night. So we need to be prepared for anything. Because sometimes God will have it worked out that you think it's supposed to work out this way. But it's really supposed to work out with him using you. And it's a good thing Jonathan Edwards was prepared. Because without him being prepared, he would have never been prepared to preach that night. He had to be prepared for anything. We have to be prepared to be used for God. We need to be preparing now to be used for God. But that sermon, and it's putting the seed and it started a fire in the hearts of the people and of the colonists. And three years later, after he had, out, he had been out so many, he hadn't had much luck. But God allowed him to see six people saved in one day. And many, many, many people would get saved after this. But he only had six people saved this day. And this is where the revival started. And one day and the revival broke out. He had people in his church and some revival broke out. And within six months, he had 300 people had been saved in the town of, of 1,100 people. 300 people in a town of 1,100 people. And when word had broke out what had happened in the small town, over 100 similar towns around them had broken out in revival. And revival started like a wildfire. It took... One man who got on fire for God. One man who was praying for revival. Six people had gotten saved. But those six people getting saved became thousands of people getting saved at the end of that revival. One person. One person with a heart. One person with a desire. One person wanting to see something bigger than themselves. Something happened bigger than themselves. Got on their knees and were praying and were praying and were praying. Godly men, men that walk with God daily. Hey, it doesn't take an army. It takes one person. Listen, we need some Jonathan Edwards in this generation. We need some men and women to have the kind of desire that Jonathan Edwards had. Listen, we can still have revival break out in America. We can still have revival break out in the world, whether it's a national revival, whether it's a statewide revival, whether it's a church revival, or whether it's a personal revival, we can still have a revival before God comes back. 
Listen, our churches in America, listen, when the churches declare themselves not essential, people didn't come. People that kept their doors open, people didn't come. Listen, the pews were empty long before the coronavirus hit. The pews were empty way before this virus ever hit. But when the when the virus came, it just gave people an excuse not to come. But with churches opening back up, there's no longer an excuse anymore. They cannot use that excuse. Now they have to go back to their old excuse. I just don't want to come. I just don't want to be helped. I just don't want to be preached to. I just don't want my sins being stomped on by some preacher. Listen, stop making excuses. Listen, we can help. We can get we can get America back to God. But it's going to take God to be you. God has to use someone. And in this generation, we need some usable people. We need some people of prayer. We need some people that have some character that are willing to pray. We need some people with character that are willing to give up their sin. And turn to God. Most revivals don't last three and four days. And they never did. And they never supposed to. Most revivals lasted years. But sometimes when the revival would come to a town. Revival fire would stay for years. But the preacher that would start the revival would stay months. Months. And have revival. Whether it was a seven-day revival for weeks, whether it was a four or five-day revival every week, but there was revival. People were getting helped. Souls were being changed. Lives were being changed. We need some young preachers. We need some young men and women. We need some young people to get on fire for God. Our generation can do something great. We can help out the generation that came before us and became before them that are still around. We can be those people, but we have to be willing to give up so we can be used. The second ingredient for revival is take off the old man. Turn your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, like I said, we'll read the scripture for you. But from uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24. And that ye put on, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, look at verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying speak. Lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Verse 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Verse 27. Look at this one. Verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. So in verse 22 it says put off the old man. Verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Listen. Revival does not come from a lost person. Revival comes from the Christians. Saved folk. It comes from us. It comes from the assembly of God. But revivals produce soul winners. And every, every revival, soul winners were produced. And souls were changed in the revival. And people that went out soul winning saw people saved. Now, we have grown too cold and we've grown in the dark. And we've gotten used to the dark where if we go out soul winning... We are used to people not getting saved. That should be 
a a problem for us. We should pray and beg God. Listen, I'm not saying that every week you're going to have someone saved, but we shouldn't get used to not seeing people saved. We need to keep on going out souling until we see people get saved. Don't stop because one week you didn't see someone saved. Keep on going out until you see somebody saved. But don't get used to it. George Whitfield will be the next revival, which is starting the 1734 revival. He was part of it later on. George Whitfield was a very good man, a very good actor. He went to college for acting. He didn't go to college for preaching or to be a pastor, a missionary evangelist, or a layman. He went for to be an actor. He was a very good actor. But he met two brothers, the Wesley brothers, Charles and John Wesley. While he was there in college, he was involved in a, a program called the Holy Club. And from that, he was influenced. From that club, he was influenced. He was influenced to do something great for God. He had a new desire to preach. The Wesley brothers were, of course, the fathers of the movement, Methodism, which was a movement that God was, was a great movement when God was in that movement. Now, the movement declared that God didn't want to be part of it, and they, they would kick out of the movement. But when it was started, it was a godly movement. God was upon it. But it changed. But before all of that started, the Whitfield brothers were influenced. They influenced George Whitfield. The change by Whitfield had a lot going on for him. But he had a talent. He had a talent for acting. But that probably would have made him pretty rich, pretty wealthy back then. But he chose to be rich in blessings, not rich in and money, not rich the way people think riches are. But as Christians should realize riches are in blessings, not just money and blessings. It should be blessings first. But George was a great preacher. He was so great of a preacher that the surrounding preachers that had him once preach for them, they would they would not allow him to preach in their in their pulpit or in their churches because they were jealous of George Whitfield. That didn't stop George Whitfield. He would preach on the streets. He would preach in, in small areas. He would get a, a disclosed area and set up some seating. He would preach. He preached one time on the court stairs. Outside the court, there were stairs, and he preached there. And a very well-known person, someone would say pretty well-known, he's on our $100 bill, Ben Franklin. Benjamin Franklin heard him preach on the court stairs. But before all that, when he wasn't saved, he knew something wasn't right. He he worked on different areas in his life before he was saved. And maybe he would bring that, that would bring peace to him, but he was still empty. But he finally threw himself on the ground and cried, I thirst. And then that night he received Christ as his Lord and Savior. He said he would laugh and sing, and he was happy. He was with a with a peaceful, he was filled with peace. But when he got saved, that was when he got saved. There was something different about him. He didn't want the old man anymore. He knew what God wanted him to do. He had a spiritual spring cleaning, you would say. He put off the old man. He put on the new man. He didn't want to give place to the devil. Listen, 
We need to be more like that. We need to have that kind of character that when we get saved and, and people that have gotten saved that are grown cold, they need revival. They need a spiritual revival. We need that. We need to be like more like George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards. But let's fast forward to his revival in 17. Let's skip five years. 1739. 1739 revival that was influenced by Jonathan Edwards. But this time, this preacher, a George Whitfield, a great preacher that we have talked about, had this revival that out of the colonies, there were 900,000 people in the colonies in 19, I'm sorry, 1739. And he preached to 80% of those people. And it's been and it's been said that he died when he died, he had preached to 10 million people. And preached over eight and preached over eighteen. He actually preached eight over eighteen thousand times before he died. But yeah, he made this quote. He made this quote. I'd rather wear out than rust out. Listen, we need men like that. We need men to get up and say that we are willing to be worn out. We are willing to be run out than rusted out. Listen, he was used by God, and he didn't want to quit being used by God until he rusted out, until he died. We need that kind of testimony. Who is willing to do whatever it takes? Who is willing to put their, their old man behind them and the things that are filled with the old man that's not, that the new man hates? Who is willing? Who is willing to give up everything so they can do something bigger than themselves? Who's willing to do what it takes to have a revival? Who's doing what it takes that they're willing to have a spiritual revival, a personal revival? Hey, like I said, it doesn't take an army. It takes one person. Let's put our selfish pride away. Let's put our selfishness away. Let's put our pride away. Listen, if an article of clothing, which can cause you not to have revival, it can cause you not to be used. Of God. But is an article of clothing going to keep you from being used of God? Is an article of clothing going to keep you from reaping the blessings of God? A piece of clothing. A piece of clothing. Is it going to keep you from being used from God? I sure hope not. I really do. I mean, too many Christians have got an article of clothing get them out of the will of God. Get them out of church. Destroy their life. Was it alcohol? No, 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 no. It was an article of clothing that kept them from having a revival. That kept them from being used of God. Our nation was never founded upon that. Don't forget that. Our nation wasn't founded upon that. We had godly principles. We had people that were changing their life. We had people. That were willing when we started this. Even before, listen, we were having a revival before this nation even became a revival. We need to get back to our godly heritage. We need to get back. Listen, the saved folk back then were more Christian than Christians are today. There was a time when you could tell a Baptist from a Pentecostal by how they dress, but you can't tell a Baptist from a lost person now. We have spiritually lost our minds. We have decided that an article of clothing means more than God. We have decided that sin is more 
precious to us than God is. We need to let the old man go. Crucify him daily. We need to learn to run out and not rust out. Don't sit down. Listen, you're going to have plenty of time to sit when you die. <laughs> I mean, when you die, you're dead. And then, of course, our spirit goes to heaven. But while we're here, let's do everything we can for God. Our great awakening in this country. From 1734 to uh, 1743, a revival that lasted almost 10 years. It influenced 1,100 towns. It spread to 100. It spread, I'm sorry. It started in a town of 1,100 and it spread to 100 different towns. And by the time the revival ended from 1734 to 1743, hundreds, probably thousands, thousands, I know, thousands, thousands were people. We're probably saved out of that revival. It doesn't, I looked it up and I tried to do as much research on this revival, but there's more revivals I looked upon or looked at, some search on. I spent 12 hours on this. But thousands of people didn't give a total of how many people got saved. But it was probably thousands and thousands of people. These two men were used of God. Are you willing to be used of God? And I said this might be a two-part sermon, and it might actually be a three-part sermon. We're about to run out of time, but if you don't come back to this one, will you just realize that you can be used to God, but you got to give up the sinful nature of the old man. So you can be used to God, so you can be used like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. Will you help us get our, if you just give some donations, if we do some donations, we use some people to um, donate. Uh, it's a nonprofit. Uh, we love you and we hope you come back to our next podcast.